Yeah, that seems to. of entertainment of excellence the podcast where we talk about films tv all of it hi i'm ollie i'm tom and i'm ben been missing wow we actually managed to get years. it so that we didn't speak over each other well, we didn't even okay. plan that we're quite so, proud <laughs> nice so tom was our special guest when we initially did the uh podcast a couple of years ago it looks like he's a special guest every week from now on oh yeah such a special guest that I plummeted the views. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think part of the reason we were uh, we went missing was because I was meant to edit the episodes and I was a lazy person, so there's that. No. <laughs> Surely not. No, I would, n- I would never be. So if you've been... If you've been keeping up with the blog on the website, then you'll know that <laughs> <laughs> two <laughs> years Yeah, we're gonna so try and return. We'll try be a bit more active from now on. But uh that's a pretty low bar to set. <laughs> <laughs> it's only been two years, come on. You were doing oh, your two, box, year, two years is child's play. We can do four years next time. <laughs> It hasn't been two years of doing nothing. We have been working on this episode the whole of that. Time. Yeah, so this is going to be, yeah, it, you know... It's just it's been hard for us to speak to it's now. It's not even a film, but it will win an Oscar. Mm. It's that good. Well, it's... So the, Oscar, we actually... the Oscars should follow our lead and not just do films and TV, but all of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, part of the reason we, uh, we, 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 could, we couldn't... Uh, finished the episode until now is because we um, <clears throat> we weren't able to speak, which ties into the topic of today's episode. <laughs> of course, <laughs> a quiet place. We've, uh, so we've just watched a quiet place. Yeah, two thousand eighteen sci-fi horror, fresh so, out of a Netflix party. Fresh, yep. oh, yeah. Oh So fresh. It's anyone want to sum up? Should we like do a plot synopsis or? Yeah, let's do a plot synopsis. Who yeah. wants to? Should I try and do a plot synopsis? This may contain spoilers. Ooh. Oh no, we didn't put that to start. This is so sad. So, I'm sure you know their basic premise that um, set in post-apocalyptic world with uh, aliens that will attack anything that makes sound. So it basically, starts off. You see this family. There's this stupid little four-year-old child that. <laughs> for some reason gets given a toy rocket by his sister and then he turns it on makes a lot of noise and he dies so that kind of creates a conflict between the daughter and supposedly her dad because uh, she's like oh it's all my fault and then now he hates me and then it's basically just their misadventures <laughs> I don't know the the wife has a child because that's a really good idea uh, and then basically John Krasinski dies and it's left on a cliffhanger so that's the basic plot yeah I'm sure I did a great job explaining yeah well I mean there's not really much more to say to be honest you, you... 
Yeah, I, suppose, I mean, you might think you might oh, think how can they make ninety minutes of people just running away from some monsters and being quiet the whole time? But don't worry, they've made another ninety minutes of it because a sequel <laughs> came out this year. <laughs> is it, is yeah. it, has it come out? Is it, think so. oh. is it out? What? I'm not sure if it came out or <laughs> just. <laughs> Wow, we're so professional. <laughs> mm. Well, uh, I mean, twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. So, a little side note: the last time oh, we no, did it's the, not out yet. the podcast, we um, we seemed to be a bit stuck up and thought we knew everything. Um, I think we'll be <laughs> transparent this time that we we don't know everything. We are literally just a few guys reviewing stuff with no qualifications whatsoever. So. <laughs> Yeah. Every gay person's opinion. Yeah. So, um... So, my, my initial thought, I, I actually did quite enjoy it. I thought that the, you know, an hour and a half of them running away and hiding from monsters was actually quite entertaining. They mm. did manage to keep the tension up. I mean, I know some reviews are like, there is no suspense, it is just jump scare. But actually, there were... I think it was around the middle section. I I would say my favourite segment was um, the kind of giving birth scene, I suppose you could say, which lasts a, f- a fair while. There's a whole, you know, the wife goes into labour with the new baby, so obviously she's going to be very loud, but can't be. So there's a whole lot of, uh, you know, them trying to divert the creatures and stuff, and I thought the suspense was pretty good. Mm. Only key yeah. was that I wish there was more suspense because it did rely a bit on a few jump scares, which I wasn't very happy with. I would have yeah. preferred if it was just you know full suspense instead of making raccoons jump off a roof and going boo. Yeah, I don't think the jump scares were that bad, to be honest. They weren't that prevalent, I suppose, but just that the you know the fact that there were a few. It was just annoying when, when it yeah. happened. The it premise made you groan. was so good for creating loads of tension. But I don't think they really needed them. Yeah. Yeah, the movie. Oh, I also was... did really enjoy it, but there was a couple of things that didn't really explain that clearly. Um, like you know the whole thing about the how they defeat them at the end. Yeah. It's almost as if how did they not try that before? That is a bit odd. Yeah. And it took them to the end of the film to actually work out how to actually defeat the the aliens. Yeah, basically they play a really high frequency, quite loud. And yeah. you would have guessed that creatures with very sensitive hearing wouldn't like loud noises. <laughs> That's a surprise. <laughs> and it's taken them over a year to find that out. It's slightly annoying, but, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Although but I did think that... Go on. Like the use of facial expressions and the sign language was a really effective way of communication to say that, you know, there was barely any dialogue in it. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was almost as if you always could relate to the characters. The acting was very solid. There yeah, was a the, bit where I was... thought that um, John Krasinski had soiled himself. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been some great method acting, but unfortunately he did not. Yeah. Acting was definitely one of the highlights of this film, especially from uh, especially from the parents. Like, they... yeah, and the child actors. To be fair, they they didn't like let it down. They was yeah. they were good. They were well cast. Mm. 
uh, you know, it could have really let, pulled down the entire film if they were just terrible. But they did well. Uh, I've recognised the son, who is apparently named Marcus Abbott. I don't know how you get the names. Uh, but the yeah. Marcus Abbott. I, I think he was in Wonder as, like, um, if you've seen it, the main character's called Orgy. I think he's Orgy's best friend. Not sure. So he's been in stuff before. So yeah. he, he was good. Uh, the daughter was good as well, who is a deaf actress, and she's deaf in this. So that kind of plays uh, a fairly big role, actually. Hmm. Uh, another thing I like, let's, let's keep going on stuff I mainly liked. Uh, the, I thought that the design of the creatures was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. It sends the, the kind of like armor coming off of the head with the high frequencies was cool and the really disgusting ears <laughs> where you just like go into their head mm. that was good so I'm quite reminiscent of strange things i thought yeah so yeah i suppose similar monsters design and obviously i bet it will have been inspired a bit from that yeah um i'm trying to think if it reminded me of any other monster i, uh, I swear there's something maybe in the mirror they remind me of yeah. But yeah, I, I, I like the fact that not only were they well designed, but they didn't need the directors it seemed like they consciously didn't try and shoehorn the monsters into every shot. Like Yes. Because yeah. a lot of horror films, um you're constantly bombarded with visual horror and wow, this creature looks horrible. This creature is gonna eat the protagonist. Well, Whereas this was a lot more suspenseful, and whilst it wasn't like a complete lack of seeing the monsters, it was reserved enough to keep um, the suspense going without lots of unnecessary focus on the visual aspects. So when it, like, especially in the finale, when um, when the the mother and the children are down in the basement, and there's the the one monster. Um, there's a lot of shots of it there and it's more impactful because you haven't seen, you haven't really seen them that clearly throughout the whole film. There have been shots, close-up shots of the monsters, but they've always been quite brief and it's more been focused on the characters' reactions to that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's also kind of links with how at the start they just kind of throw you straight in, they don't kind of give a backstory straight away of what's going on. It's a bit later on when you actually find out the situation. Yeah, it's very much showdown. It isn't always really clear, but you can obviously see the tension between the family. Mm. Mm. Uh, talking of tension between the family, I wish we had seen a bit more of that. I think it would have been interesting to explore kind of the relationship between the family because there's going to be like way more tension than there was i mean the one bit of tension that they did have in where there was the daughter blaming herself for the son's death at the start was kind of like fake it's like of course her dad's still gonna love her <laughs> like it's yeah, not really yeah. much tension even if they'd like tried to play it up a bit so that he did actually kind of despise her a bit it would have been a bit more interesting but um or even if he did still love that. her, but it was more in question. Like he, yeah, he answered the boy immediately, or well, pretty much immediately. Yeah. Like, yeah, of course I do. But if there was maybe a, a 
pause and he'd said it with less conviction, then possibly that could have helped a bit. Yeah, and even with more, like, you know, I'm sure other conflicts would come about with being stuck in silence for over a year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, was... there was there was a little bit with the the boy who was when he was when the mum was teaching him maths and he was like he he really didn't want to do it, but then she'd sort of consoled him by saying, "Look, your father wants you to learn this for when we're old, and you need to look after us." Yeah, it's possible that maybe that could have you could have played into that being a fear of his, him losing his parents, perhaps, and I don't know. That, yeah, that would have been more interesting. Because obviously when they said, like, oh, you need to look after yourself when we're old, mm. you know, they probably were more worried that they would get ripped to shreds by yeah. alien <laughs> yeah. predators or whatever. So I wish there was a bit more conflict with that or, I don't know, just anything. I feel that, yeah. <laughs> Some more I feel family like... con conflict. Yeah, I feel that like that was probably the mum trying to be trying to put on an optimistic face and go, yeah, when we're old, but deep down they both know that it's unlikely they'll both reach that point. And it would have been more interesting if they'd explored that. And yeah. Because they're all stuck in a really terrifying situation. And whilst it's it's obvious they've been there for a year plus, you know, um, they seemed maybe a little bit too used to it and you don't really get the sense that you know, this is an abnormal situation. I don't really know where I'm yeah. going with this. I'm <laughs> sort of speaking off the top of my head. What was your opinion on the pregnant side of it? Seeing that it just seems a bit irresponsible. And also, yeah. so soon after the loss of the first child, I mean... Well, emotionally, it, can, it could be to try and push that out. I can see why people would do it. Yeah, like, I get people being annoyed, but it kind of annoys me. It's like, oh no, the characters in this film aren't perfect. Mm, true. How terrible! <laughs> I guess it was probably it could have been like a selfish motivation in the parents that wow, this is an extra person to look after, not yeah. just the parents because but the the siblings as well. Yeah, maybe I could have explored it a bit more. There were a few things I guess put in. That would have made really good conflicts, but in the end, were more to help set pieces. So it felt yeah, a whole ordeal. Yeah, but it would have been cool to explore stuff behind it because it's only the film. They could have done use a bit more time and explored some of the things, uh, such as also. I mean, I maybe they wanted more mystery behind it, but kind of the origin of the monsters, although they may put that in part two. Honestly, possibly. I'm yeah, but I'm not, really... not not massively happy with there being a part two because it felt like yeah, it felt like the film was going to finish in another twenty minutes. Like yeah. they put on the loud noise, they gear up with a shotgun. And you're like, cool, here's the action-packed 20-minute finale, and then it just ends. Yeah, like, oh, it's, okay. it's, right. another, it's another example of, wow, I don't think they need a sequel to this. 
Because, yeah, whilst that wasn't the perfect ending, you did leave feeling that there was some action that was cut out. You know, you could yeah. you could at least understand if they'd chosen, okay, this is how we're ending it. This is the artistic decision we're making. Yeah. But, you couldn't really... They didn't really show um, sort of the wider implications of the monsters very well, I don't think, because there was the one scene with the, you know, the man in the woods, but yeah. it might have been quite nice to see the effects that it was having on other people or just kind of... I mean, it showed, like, the... Uh, post-apocalypse town sort of, sort of setting at the start but I think it'd have been nice to delve into that a bit more yeah, yeah. the impacts on like wider society and how it broke yeah. down yeah, which again w- maybe they're going to explore it in part two but that's the annoying thing about putting it in two parts without kind of establishing there's going to be two parts it's just that it feels a bit unfinished almost just because it was so successful that they just But maybe they have known it would be successful because they were very much like, right, this is going to be two. Yeah. But only right at the end that you find that out. Um, What did you think think... of... Because obviously the film is a lot about sound. What did you think of the soundtrack songs? So the... So the original music, like the that was composed for the film, I think yeah. it wasn't it wasn't memorable, but it served its purpose in building tension suspense. That's my problem. Like it did serve its purpose, but yeah, I feel like because it is all about sound, they could have done something really unique, but I I can't think of what. And yeah, the sound design. I think really they could have done was even have no soundtrack. But I I get that maybe they want to play on emotions and scenes and stuff and build tension but because it's all about them being quiet if there was no noise then it might have worked when it was the action scenes i guess yeah yeah i i feel like it could have worked with no soundtrack but maybe they were worried that that'd be too odd Mm. but even if it was with a soundtrack i think they they went very they went rather conventional It it sounded like it was mainly an orchestra but with, yeah, um, maybe some subtle synth elements, but not in the bombastic way. In the fact that it was quiet, but used to build tension. But if you, but it it was, it didn't really take any risks. Like yeah, perhaps you could have used some synths for some sound design and to otherwise, apart from just a classical orchestra. I'm trying to think of stuff like it. I can't think of an idea, but I feel like they could have done something really unique. As long as it's all about sound, maybe even using kind of sounds of nature and stuff to make a soundtrack. But I don't know how that would work. I don't know. I just felt like it could have done something more. And Mm. I do hate when people say, "Oh, I didn't like it," but I have no idea how to improve it. But that's how I feel right now. Yeah. How would you say um, it compares to sort of the similar horror or sci-fi films? Um, I'd say it did build tension well, but because it had those jump scares and stuff, I, obviously I'm going to compare it to Alien. Yeah. It just didn't get the same level as ten- of tension, even though it had, you know, the scenes of them hiding 
And um, but I, I I think the it's just done better. Maybe even hide the monsters a bit because you kind of get a glimpse of them in the first ten minutes. I know they weren't focused yeah. on a lot, but you could have probably hidden them a bit more. Maybe. Yes, I think I I certainly think they shouldn't have revealed in the first ten minutes. Like the the boy getting murdered was a good way, an interesting way to open, but you saw him getting murdered. It would have been more interesting mm. maybe if you hadn't seen that and you were waiting another ten, fifteen minutes to even realise that there were monsters, because I don't think they'd they'd even revealed until that point. That, yeah, I think it just said it's sound on a newspaper yeah. or something. Yeah, it would have been more interesting to have maybe 20 minutes of them hiding, but you, you don't really know what from. And you know mm. that the boys got murdered, and again, you don't know what from. So... Because the start, like, one of the most thrilling bits was literally the toy rocket being dropped off the shelf. Yeah. I was probably like, <gasps> at that moment, <laughs> where uh, the daughter, like, slides and catches it. Yeah. And you... Like that that moment is thrilling, even if you have no idea that there's deadly monsters that will attack people that make any noise. Mm, you just see that they're being the direct the reaction of it. Yeah. You don't know yeah. why, but the the urgency and the reaction, the speed at which she goes to grab it, you know, you can feel that. I do think that they could like it's only 90 minutes I'd, they could have expanded the exposition a bit more with the boy and as you say maybe have like an extra 10 minutes of them hiding before they're actually revealed and then yeah. also the ending i think could have been expanded i mean obviously they want to you know if they make a sequel then they'll make more money i guess but i think for this film alone if they just put it as one film but maybe made it two hours so it would probably I think it would yeah. probably get a generally better response. Yeah. I mean, it is still a very popular book. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's more you could have done with building tension and setting the scene. But let's go back to some more positives. Yeah. It's that I liked that there wasn't much like exposition ham-fisted in your face. I didn't mm. describe stuff. So, for example... The stuff with the weakness being the high-pitched frequency. I mean, you know, for what it didn't have a cheesy line going like, oh, the weakness is a high-pitched frequency or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but it, that was actually probably because of the limitations. But also the fact that it moves this very hard-looking skin and then they shoot them with a shotgun, it kind of, it makes you go, oh, right, I see. They've got this really strong, uh, like, armor plating they will only move with a high-pitched noise, which is why they've not just got the military out and gunned them all down. Yeah. But it, it didn't have to say that. It didn't, you know, it didn't have one of them, a character going on some speech t- telling you every detail of the monsters. Yeah. And that also kind of reveals why they've been able to survive, because they've been able to adapt, whereas you'd probably assume that everyone else would see them and just trying to gun them down straight away. Yeah. Hmm. The family so, I like that. Yeah, the family pro- also, also probably had an advantage in that they had a deaf daughter, um, and they don't explicitly say it, but you can work it out that 
they've been able to survive because they could communicate without making noise. Um, yeah, with yeah. sign language. Yeah, with sign language. So they have an advantage there. The film in general is just really good at showing stuff and not telling it outright with cheesy lines, which is what a lot of film, like especially like blockbusters, do. They'll have yeah, and even like nothing's perfect. Like even Star Wars has you know the opening crawl with the exposition shoved in your face, which you know works a bit. It works for the for its own story, but if other movies copy that then it's just not original and it might not work. Whereas here, it just sort of slowly brings in some of the elements using, like, newspapers as well to yeah, that was sort good. of set, and also set the scene. Kind of showing the family's defence hmm. as, as well. Well, you know, the, without having some cheesy sequence of them setting everything up. Yeah. <laughs> like, the... And, what stuff does like there's one moment where when the mother's going into labor she pulls a switch and the lights go from white to red and then that that is obviously some kind of warning signal and all the other family panics but it didn't need to go earlier in the film like go if if we're ever in danger we will make the lights go red okay yeah i, <laughs> it, I really you know, it didn't like need that. to do stuff like that yeah it was it's it's it was very clear what purpose it served, but they you didn't see them setting it up. So yes. when when she turned it on, you're a little bit surprised, but you know what it's for, and it's good that they haven't wasted time going, oh, here's some lights. Can you help me set up the lights? <laughs> Which really wasn't... <laughs> for no reason. Needed. These definitely aren't going to come into the film later. Mm. The only time that they did foreshadow things was when... Uh, the when the mother was walking up the stairs and with the nail, it, yeah, it had the nail. But I think that that kind of that was a good, uh, that was a good use of it though, because then when you see her walking down the stairs, you're like already like, oh no, yeah, <laughs> I was you, you have that sense of dread that you know something's going to happen. The, nail. the character doesn't. Yeah, dramatic irony. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so I'd I'd like that, even though it was obvious someone's going to sit on it, but it kind of, you know, built the suspense. Hmm. Yeah, one. That was just kind of a really uncomfortable scene. Just all of that with, you know, she's dealing with the agony of the birth, the agony of her foot, and then the monsters chasing after her. So, oh yeah, yeah. that was the best really easy to set piece. And she pretty yeah. much manages to keep silent throughout it, but you know that how incredibly hard that would be to do, so you have yeah. a huge sense of empathy built for the character. Yeah. And when the fireworks go off, she kind of just lets out that scream. Yeah. Yes. Very When, very when the dad comes to find her and thinks she's dead, and you just see, like, her hands against the shower with blood, and you you know she's oh, yeah. just been through, she's been through hell. <laughs> That's probably something they put in the trailer just to make it look like, uh, look like that's she's dead or something. But yeah, I thought that was quite effective. Uh, neither have I. No, but to be fair, when the father was going to find her and thought she was dead, I like that could have been that could have been a cliche, but I didn't feel it was. I felt I don't know why I don't know what it was they did, but somehow it made it 
relatable in the fact that wow, he this is how he'd react if she did die, and then there's the relief of not only finding her alive but also the child alive, and then the next yeah. scene where that he's going to protect them and hide them under the mattress so that the monsters can't hear them. Although to be honest, uh, I did not think she was dead at all. So yeah, no, no. Maybe they could have done that a bit better, but I mm. wasn't worried. Oh, another another foreshadowing uh, thing that happened was when he walked out and there was pipes leaking or something, and there was water draining down, and you knew that okay, that they're, they're either going to drown or they're going to have to get out of some more yeah. tension. And then oh, that's a, that's another instance of of the uh, cool like world building of and you know show not tell yeah. was when she's pregnant and you see like the oxygen tank, the mask, yeah. and this like padded box. You're like, oh okay, so they're mm. gonna dump the baby in there, <laughs> close it in a box, so it can be quiet, but it doesn't have to explain like this is for the baby, this is for that and stuff. So that was another good thing. So yes. Do you think that the show not tell us, but is like the directors themselves are just kind of the genre of the film being silent? I mean, I guess it's forced upon it. But yeah, I, like, I mean, I you like could do it badly, honestly. But, but, yeah, but I could have had I long like... exposition or the long scenes of exposition with just sign language. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that I think it did. It was probably also a director's choice, in that. Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> I just want to see. Good to uh, interview them next time. Yeah, we'll have them on the podcast. Yeah. So next, we need to tell, yeah, that's interesting. tell you about our uh, sponsor, Raid Shadow Legends. Because it's John, <laughs> it's director, a relatively new director. Yeah. Um, basically, the only other things he's directed are. Three episodes of the American Office, um, and the Hollers, which is a rom-com by the looks of it, uh, starring him, of course. <laughs> so, uh, for like you know, very a pretty new director, I thought it was quite impressive. Yeah, I'd not heard of him before this. Uh, have, you not, have you not heard of it? American Office. <laughs> I have heard of the American Office. I just didn't know who directed it. The British uh, Office is obviously better because well, he British. didn't direct it, but he's like the main character. Oh, <laughs> fair enough. What? Uh, yeah, I'm just a true patriot. <laughs> have you even seen the UK Office? Yeah, I've seen the UK Office. Okay, well, okay. I haven't seen all, all of it, it, but I've seen like. <laughs> Oh, uh, he, he also directed another film called Brief Interviews with Hideous Man, which is a comedy. Yeah. That was his first one. Groovy. So, but he's not been, you know, directed thrillers before, so... Yeah, well, if, if this was his first time, then obviously, you know, it's not perfect, but it's a hell of a lot better than a, a lot of other directors' first attempts, so, you know... Yeah. I'd like to see what he comes out with in the future. Just not sequels. I don't like unnecessary yeah. sequels. Oh dear. He's credited in uh, A Quiet Place Part 2. I hope they don't bring him back Force to life ghost. somehow. 
Maybe a flashback or something. Hopefully. Yeah. I also like that it has an IMDb rating. (laughs) It's not out yet. Oh, it's not out yet. That's why I thought, but I think it's just critics and stuff. It's not. It's just people releasing films. (laughs) The top review is someone saying, Yeah, we should know where they're professional critics. Please stop reviewing movies not already out. (laughs) Yeah. That's the only actual review, but people have just put, like, they just must be putting, like, yeah, I'm going to put, I'm going to review this. Mm-hmm. Bit ridiculous. Yeah. So, it's a 7.5 on IMDb. Do you think that's justified, or do you think it should be higher or lower? I'd say that's a, I'd say that's a pretty good rating. I'd go 7, but, like, yeah. Because it, it had a lot of promise and it did deliver well on the stuff that it did do well, but the stuff that it didn't do well was because it wasn't so much annoyance that they existed, it was annoyance that the flaws existed in face of what did go well and what it could have been. So, for example, yeah. the jump scares, like they weren't needed. It did a good job at building up tension, so it was. You just groans when the jump scares came in. Yeah. But yeah, it was enjoyable. Um, I'd probably watch again at some point. Yeah. Yeah, if if you want just like a fun, thrilling ride, then it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah I'd probably agree with her on seven, maybe a seven point five. Yeah. What would you say, Tom? I'd say probably should we compromise at seven point four? Ooh, is that allowed? <laughs> no, <laughs> am I allowed I'm have to go seven point three nine here? As a guest, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Excuse me, you're you're a guest. You don't your your <laughs> your rating doesn't count. You're just in the state I mean, of permanent at- guest. If you look at it, I mean that came out a year before, and that I think that kind of had a similar reception. That's a seven point three. Mm. How would you compare it to it? Yeah, I'd say it's pretty much the same. Yeah. Yeah. I Maybe. hope I hope its sequel doesn't isn't the same as it too. Yeah. <laughs> oh please. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's try not to go on a tangent there, but mm. yeah. <laughs> Well, needless to say, it wasn't the best example of a sequel. <laughs> really? <laughs> so it's September 2020, so the sequel. Yeah. Pretty delayed. I just watched the trailer. I was still listening to you, don't worry. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it seems... And it seems to have a much bigger cl- cast. Yeah, it seems to be on a bigger scale. I mean, it's got Killian Murphy in, who's you know he's he's done his a horror film before. He did Twenty Eight Days Later, yeah. which I've not seen, but it's supposed to be really good. Um, but I think this one seems to be on a bigger scale. It shows it had a small clip of what I assume was when the monsters first arrived. So maybe we'll get some answers on that. But there's also seems to be a lot more movement and not on a smaller scale and. I don't know how I feel about that because I saw them. It looked like they were trekking somewhere with, you know, the mum with a shotgun out. So 
I don't know what the tone of the next film is going to be like, but I, I kind of liked having basically one location mm. in the, you know part one. Yeah, so hopefully not too just action. Yeah, that was another aspect I did quite enjoy. The fact that you, the whole thing was built around one set, um, and it was it was using places you've already seen before in new ways. So, for example, you've seen like the scene where the mum and dad are dancing to music in earphones because they can't have it on speaker, obviously, and that's like a little romantic scene. But then later on, it's the Cut this out. What? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't hear that. Yeah. But then later it's on, it's the used as the finale. Oh. <laughs> what yeah, it's all kind of built around one set and four characters, pretty much. Which yeah. is pretty effective. I liked the small cast. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, I was going to say something else. Um, the fact oh, yeah. the... Just one thing that we pointed out when we were watching, there's not, it doesn't really clearly outline, you know, what what noise is, how kind of sensitive the the aliens are to noise, like what is can be defined as, you know, would set them off. Yeah. So there's a few times in it, you know, near the start when it's not really. Most of the time near the start, they're just being as quiet as possible. And like when he's uh, in the car, you might oh. think, oh, maybe that would aggravate the alien. So they never really make that clear, but I guess that kind of show not tell aspect. Yeah. There's, there's a question as to, well, how much noise is it until they can hear it and associate it with prey? And yeah. yeah, we we were sort of having conversations in that. Well, the the rocket must have been quite loud to the, the kids, but not too loud to the surroundings. So you know, is someone running going to set it off? Is someone you know moving, playing with the car going to set yeah. them off? Um, and it it was how loud can you be until until they come for you? Essentially that question that remained unanswered. Mm -hmm. I guess a little... Something I thought whilst watching it was a gripe I had I have with a lot of horror movies is that the characters don't really seem to make good decisions in the... But I guess that does sort of mean that they're more... Voice crack? <laughs> they're more relatable in that... Um, they make mistakes, and they, in the heat of the moments, they um, aren't the most logical. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just yeah, they're, I've... they're motivated, though. You know, they have motivations behind actions that maybe aren't as responsible. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's not just like, I'm going to do this to put me in danger to make a tense scene. Mm, yeah. At the start, I predicted that, um, you know, the older boy would die just because he kind of seemed more expendable because they hadn't actually set anything up for him. But he didn't. It was kind of, it, uh, <laughs> it was kind of more emphatic that the, the younger yeah, one died, yeah, but I, he just seemed more of a, 
you know, more more important character at the start, but again, a cathartic response again. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So we enough. What did you say, sir? Have we? Have we? Uh, <laughs> have we move on. Yeah. Well, we've reached forty minutes. Should we? Should we keep going for for an hour? We sort of set yeah. an hour as the, the time. That's what I was thinking. Cool. Yeah. Well, so we've got recommendations now, I guess. Recommend. So, so then, Ollie, you you had some. You were going to recommend something, weren't you? Uh, a little jingle for the recommendation section. Let's just pretend we've got a jingle. Uh, oh. And that leads us into the recommendation section. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the new intro music uh, Tom Tom did, so that's that's pretty groovy. <laughs> with some uh, classic clips. Yeah, with the Chewbacca noises from episode two. Only OG OG Entertainment of Excellence fans will remember this. Only Lewis G will understand. Oh, Lewis G, if you're out there, you're a Lewis G. <laughs> this episode is dedicated to you. If you seriously, if you want us to start a Patreon or an OnlyFans, we're, we're here. <laughs> I can have a bonus episode every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Well, for a thousand a thousand pounds a month, we'll um, do a personalised episode for you. <laughs> and we say all entertainment. <laughs> so, Ollie, your recommendation? You re uh, yeah, recommend so... before I say something else, I'll regret. <laughs> <laughs> we decided to um, skip trailers this week, didn't we? Because yeah, it's not really sure when stuff's going to come out and there's not much yeah. being produced. Mm. Uh, so for the recommendations, I was I was thinking about maybe holding this off, but because there's been a third season release which I haven't watched yet, um, so not all of this might be fully up to date. But I want to recommend the TV show Westworld, which is an HBO original based on a 1973 sci-fi film of the same name. Um, it's directed by. Jonathan Nolan, who who had done like The Dark Knight and Inception, uh, and Lisa Joy, and it's basically a mix of sci-fi and western. Um, it's set around a like recreational park where well, it's mostly like immoral people go to fulfil their their fantasies, pretty much. Um, and it basically explores both the, they're called hosts, the uh, AI that are in the park. Um, it basically explores what their function is. And it also has the contrast of the guests, which are the humans, and also the people working for to create the park. Um, and it's got great action, um, very compelling characters with some great acting as well as Anthony Hopkins is one of the main characters he plays Robert Ford in season one uh, so the first season 
basically, as I say, is is kind of asking about humanity and their existence. Uh, and there's like a motif of a maze that goes throughout. She sort of is revealed throughout the season what it is. And then the second season is about the host rebellion and uh, now it's the humans who are more powerless uh, with the roles being reversed. And although it's one of my favourite TV programmes, there is a lot of criticism of it, of it being overly like convoluted. Um, and a lot of people say that the lack of clarity, because there's not really... It's not really told in linear narratives and there's different timelines which you kind of fluctuate between. So a lot of people say that kind of makes it less impactful, you know, the big response, uh, the big reveals and stuff because there's so many twists and turns. It's sometimes quite hard to keep track of what's going on, but film. So when everything does come together and when you finally are able to get your head around what's actually happened it is apparently season three is told in a more linear fashion so uh so i know that it's been having good reviews and it's been renewed for a fourth season as well but it's an 8.7 on imdb and i just i think it's a really interesting and innovative show that i'd recommend for anyone who's a fan of sci-fi or westerns i guess cool i i have wanted to watch it for quite a while what can i watch it on it's on now tv and i have the dvds so but can't really lend it to you now but if you want to watch westworld ollie will lend you his dvds <laughs> yeah. i'll come around yeah, lewis slide into his twitter dms that he never checks <laughs> yeah. um talking of convoluted uh, <laughs> a TV show I just watched was The Witcher which I would also recommend I guess if you like sci-fi you probably like fantasy so we're alright which uh, I really enjoyed but I guess what might turn some people off is that it has basically three storylines that are all actually set at different times but it isn't you know it doesn't throw in your face that it is so it might take you a bit to realize that they're not running in parallel as it did for me when it kind of shows characters that are way younger than they should be or things that have already happened um but i think the plot works well the there are bits of pacing that i think it kind of slows down a bit but in general it was very enjoyable there are um a load, a load of good acting scenes. Like the first episode, at the end of the first episode, there's a sword fight with Geralt, played really well by Henry Cavill, and it's just got probably the best sword fighting choreography I've ever seen. It was, probably, it might be my favorite action scene of all time, although I haven't seen Inception that recently, so <laughs> uh, I can't can't be sure on that. But probably it's definitely my favorite sword sword fighting scene of all time. It's just amazing direction and choreography so action's cool you know good fact fantasy elements henry cavill's really good as Geralt. so that's a pretty solid solid watch if you've got eight hours free which i'm sure everyone does at the moment 
Mm. Is that based on the games? No, you fool. It's based Ooh. on the series of books. Which, uh, so originally, apparently the character was created by the author as part of a short story competition, I think, that he submitted to a magazine. Uh, so then the first two books are collections of short stories featuring the Witcher, which makes sense. If you watch the TV show, there's a few uh, of the episodes with Geralt in that you kind of like, oh, I could see this as kind of a separate little story. Like there's one where he's hunting a dragon, one where he's got, he's told to kill this cursed princess, you know, stuff like that. So you can see that being episodic. But then I think the next five books are all novels that run on from each other. But I think they managed to have it well in the show with Geralt's little adventures, but also the overarching plot. But I know that for some people it's a bit confusing, but I think it's okay. It does it quite well. Um, I'm, I'm greedy, so I want to do more recommendations. Oh, go ahead, uh, I've only now, got because one. We, because, because we do all of it, yeah, I'm going to recommend a book now. I hope that's not too controversial. Oh, no. I mean, I'm not actually finished it either, which is even better. In oh, true that's classic entertainment of excellence style. Classic really? episode <laughs> one style, reviewing all of Dirk Gently from one episode. Uh, although I'm, I think I'm about a third of the way through, so I'm a bit better than reviewing Dirk Gently. Uh, it's called Consider Phlebas. Uh Sci-fi fans will probably have heard of it. Um, it's part of the culture series it's the first book that was published uh, by Ian M. Banks which so it's a sci-fi I think it's classed as a space opera and it follows the main character called Bora Horser his name is just Horser he's called Horser and he is part of the species uh, that are called changes so they can people look like but they also have poisonous teeth and nails and stuff so that's cool and it's basically thrown into the middle of this war between something called the culture which is very much will you know believes in technology and intelligence um and it's quite anti-religion maybe not explicitly but basically the other people they're fighting is the idaron who are a completely alien species like they've got three legs and really wide heads, apparently. Uh, um, they're basically um, very religious, and they're trying to, you know, they believe that everything should be in a certain place, so they're basically trying to conquer the universe and the culture are trying to stop them. But the main character was working with the Idarons, even though he's not an Idaran himself, because he doesn't like the culture. He doesn't like their reliance on technology. So he was sent to capture what's called a mind that a mind from the culture that managed to kind of escape and land on a planet, which is a massive AI thing that's extremely intelligent. And if they managed to capture that, then it would give the Idarans a massive advantage. But when he's on the ship with the Idarans to go, uh, they get attacked by a general contact unit ship from the culture, which are massively power powerful and win basically every fight they're in. So he gets chucked into space in his spacesuit, ready to get picked up. But instead of getting picked up by the Idarans, he gets picked up by basically a gang of space pirates 
in the clearer turbulence. And then from there, he has a few misadventures, which are all cool. And I believe it's basically quite episodic. And then it will all lead towards him going to this planet to get the mind. So, for example, there's been like a heist, a temple, but they realize that all the walls are made of reflective crystals. So when they shoot their laser guns, they reflect back and a lot of them end up dying from that. And then they go to this, it's called an orbital, which is like a massive ring that's been artificially made by the culture that's got these like kilometer-long ships on that have cities on. But it's trying to be overtaken by the Idorons that are about to explode it. Um, so they think they can raid it for some really powerful laser guns before it's exploded because everyone's left. And the ship hits an iceberg and starts sinking. So then they get on a shuttle... And they end up landing in, in this island of like weird cannibal religion people. Uh, it's really fun. There's a lot of fun sci-fi action against a background of political intrigue and conflicting ideas. So I recommend that. Groovy. You should Is that it. the um, sci-fi like pseudonym for Ian Banks? Like the author yes. of the Wasp Factory and stuff. Which I just read the Wasp Factory as well, which is why yeah, I've, I've read that. I have all his books. I think we I think we've got all the culture books. And also uh I don't know how many Ian Banks books he wrote, but I think we've got about five of them. Yeah. It could be I've all done so. I don't know. I'm a big fan of him. Yeah. The Wasp Factory is also good. Yeah. A bit strange, but it is a bit odd, but it, it's quite short dark, yeah. intriguing it's, you know, good old murder if you like, <laughs> good old murder, murder. And twist, twisted minds <laughs> and torturing wasps then do yeah. the wasp factory groovy uh, anything you want to recommend Ben? well I hadn't got anything prepared but um, there's this film I watched recently and by that I mean like in the last week um, it's called After Hours, and it's by I'm gonna butcher his last name, Martin Scorsese. I Martin think. Scorsese. Yeah, <laughs> he's a very famous director. But okay. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I've never heard anyone pronounce his name. Have you not? No. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's a really it's a really weird film. It's sort of a comedy, but like. Not so much in that it's trying to make you laugh, in that it's everything that could go wrong goes wrong for this, like, one man. Um, he's essentially just goes on a date yeah. and it all spirals yeah. downwards afterwards. Um, I'll just, I'll just keep the recommendation short. It's interesting to watch, it's fun, it's Fun's not so much in it. It's traditionally fun in more that like it's interesting to watch this character go more and more insane because yeah, everything that's going wrong is going wrong for him. Um, to the point where like halfway through the film, it's no longer believable, and it's there's just so much going wrong that it could. It's you're unsure whether it's real, whether it's a dream, in how. And the whole film's sort of up to interpretation by the ending. So 
Yeah, just recommend that really. Oh, I'll yeah. have something prepared uh, next week. Some Scorsese. I mean, I've the Good Goodfellas is amazing. That's probably mm. my favorite gangster film ever. I prefer that to The Godfather. Maybe that's a controversial opinion, but I think Goodfellas is better. I've mm. seen Mean Streets, which was probably his first film, which I thought was all right. It wasn't great. Uh, and I also recently watched Shutter Island, which is like a psychological thriller, which was very good. I enjoyed that as well. So yeah, I'll check that out. Yeah. Well, we're, appro- we're 56 minutes in. Anything else we'd particularly like to say? Um, this, this show come out on Netflix that I've been interested to watch called Hollywood, which oh, uh, is about like actors trying to get bigger than I think it's like 50s Hollywood which I, th- I thought, I watched the trailer and I was like, oh that's kind of got uh, an interesting premise and it's got a 7.7 which is a de- decent rating but when I saw it I was like, wow, this could be amazing maybe it's not am- amazing but it's probably decent I just thought I had an interesting premise so I- I'm looking forward to watching that is there anything you're looking forward to? oh, we can talk about the Star Wars uh, announcement. Oh, yeah. So um, oh, yeah. there was the Star Wars Twitter account recently tweeted that they're making a new Star Wars film that is going to be directed and co-written by Taika Waititi and also co-written by uh, I can't remember what she's called. She wrote 1917 I believe. Um so I assume it's going to be a spin-off, seeing as we've exhausted all possibilities yeah. in the main universe. <laughs> Hopefully, mm. and I'll be interested interested to see it because Christy Wilson Cairns, she's called. Uh, I I do want to see it because Take with TT films I really like, uh, especially his earlier stuff like. What We Do in the Shadows and uh, Hunt for the Wilderpeople. Yeah, those those two are really good. I watched What We, what we Do in the Shadows. It's my first film that I've seen. Like, brilliant. It's hilarious. But also he showed he can Have do seen the TV from, show? I've not seen the TV show, but he didn't make that, so irrelevant. He has a cameo in it. Oh, well, he's also proved he can do action with Thor Ragnarok, which... Ben's favourite. Uh, <laughs> some reason Ben hates it I don't know why well, I, I, think it's really I don't good. hate it it's just the weakest of like the don't say the Thors please <laughs> I wasn't going to say the Thors but I'll say it now oh, just to annoy God. you <laughs> no. it's the weakest of the Thors <laughs> yeah I don't I didn't mind his action but his just his overuse of comedy I thought didn't suit that one film but to be fair um, I did love what we do in the shadows um, yeah it was Less so about what um, Hunt for the Wilder People, but it wasn't bad, you know. I, I enjoyed it. So, yeah. uh, I don't know. He, if it's a Star Wars spin-off, I think there's probably less pressure on, you know, trying trying to take it seriously. I think he might, yeah. if he makes it comedic, it might work, it might not. But then it's also it's going to be co-written by... Uh, Christy Wilson Cairns, who just wrote 1917, which is a mm. you know gritty one like Oscar war film. Yeah. Did it? Did it actually win Oscars? Yeah. <laughs> did it? 
I'm not really. I think it won three Oscars. It probably would. I think it was the Sandy. Um, but so you know, the evil Star Wars spin-off stuff because obviously the Mandalorians come out, and I, I actually really enjoyed it. Not the not like episodes. Four and five, they were a bit dull filler. But like the first three episodes were like, whoa, massively mm-hmm. fast paced, loads of action, brilliant. And then the last two episodes as well, they actually brought back the main plot and some good action in that, as well as Giancarlo Esposito, brilliant role. Obviously, love him as Gus Fring in Breaking Bad and Medical Soul. And he's also the dentist in Payday 2. Some good voice acting. Uh, but that was really good, like a space western. And just taking it in directions like that, because obviously the Star Wars universe is pretty vast and you can explore a lot of things. Mm. And we all, all we've got at the moment is literally just there's going to be another film. Yeah. So we have no idea what it's going to be. But yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see what it'll do. Mm. Yeah, part, part of me wishes they'd leave the Star Wars universe alone. But like if, as, if they're doing spin-offs and they're going in original directions, then yeah, it could work well. So yeah. Yeah, like I've I haven't seen um, the Mandalorian, but like I've heard really really good reviews about it. So they've already started season three, haven't they? Of the Mandalorian, what have they? Even though season two hasn't been released, I know they're like making season two. Nice. I didn't know they were making season three. (laughs) Sure they are. Okay, Disney, calm down. Please don't drag it out forever. (laughs) Because I, it could work. Because. If you go back to consider Phlebas, which is part of the culture series, that all of the books in the culture series are individual stories. And mm. I know that some of them are a lot different. So there's consider Phlebas one, it's more kind of episodic adventures of this changer. Whereas I know other ones are very much it's got a main plot and it sticks to the plot. So I think you can do a lot of things in sci fi universes. Cool. Right. So um We've sort of passed an hour. Um, thank you for listening, I guess. And if you are listening, especially you, Lewis G, if you're listening, <laughs> you're, you're, you're the guy. <laughs> we'll, we'll try um, and uh, get a bit more frequent upload schedule. Yeah, maybe once a year, maybe rather than once or two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Apologies. Also, if, if, yeah. You, if anyone has any questions, then... Where where can they find us? Well, I mean, first of all, you could um, leave a comment on a YouTube video if you're watching or listening there. We'll try and get back to them. Otherwise, we've got a Twitter account. I can't actually remember the handle. Is it like at ELV podcast? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Chubby's going to look it up. I think it is. No, I'm pretty sure it is. And then we've also got a website. Um with a blog that the last update is we haven't up left the podcast from two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's that. We might have a, we might um, look at other ways of contacting in the future, but for now we're just trying to get back on our feet. Apologies about the audio Good. quality, but you know, we, it's not ideal given quarantine. Yes. This is improvised. So improvised setup. 
So, Tom, how did you feel about being a guest today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this was a solid episode. We talked about some interesting things, you know. I think I think we're amazing reviewers. <laughs> yeah, we're very professional. If you have any sponsorship deals, come at us. Yes. <laughs> Would you like to come on the podcast again in the future? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I'm uh, going to be on like every time now. Oh, excuse uh, me. Only from two years as ago. a guest only. <laughs> as a special guest. Yeah, you're not just a guest. You're special. The sponsorship deals would probably only be advertising to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> See you in four years. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you in four years. All right. See you. All right. See you. All right. See you. Yeah, that's entertainment.